Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the Come to Your Senses podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through a lifestyle of embodiment. You'll hear gems to empower you around mindset, mindfulness, somatic psychology, and neuroscience, as well as beauty, food, style, and the art of slow living to meet your soul through the senses. I am so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I am gazing out over a highway as I record this. My dog, Winnie, got into some raisins last night. And so we had to make an emergency trip to the vet. And this is the time that I had sectioned off to record this week's podcast episode. So if you hear the odd door slam, car door slam behind me, just know that this is live entertainment. We're just going to experiment this week with recording on my phone instead of recording on my mic. So forgive me if the audio quality is not as pitch perfect as in other episodes while I care for my sweet pup, who, as far as I know, is completely fine for all you Winnie lovers out there. So today's episode is similar to last week's episode, which was on the art of dating yourself, in that it is highly by request. And today's episode is all about the art of flirtation. And just like we do with all matters pertaining to sensuality here, reimagining flirtation, not just as an exchange you have with another person, but as an energy and a way of being in the world and flirting with life itself. So often when I tell people that the name of my school is the School of Sensual Living, they assume that I am a romance and orgasm and sexpert. And as you may know, if you're a listener to this podcast, I'm really more of the crusty bread in fragrant green olive oil kind of sensuality teacher than I am a woman arching her back in ecstasy kind of sensuality teacher. In fact, for me, 
sensuality has really been a practice of desexualizing my body and my senses and separating these two aspects of my femininity where they get to be cousins, but not necessarily twins, sexuality and sensuality. And one of the things that has really helped me embody my full confidence is my journey with flirtation. And I have come a long way with the art of flirtation. Since I'm at the vet with Winnie, I will say that when I got Winnie, she was five pounds covered in mange, shivering, hiding behind a toilet when I got her from the pound. And I was not all that dissimilar in my own (laughs) journey of where I began in flirtation. And so today I am going to share with you my personal flirtation story and some of the ways that I learned how to flirt how I kind of broke the seal on my fears around flirtation. I'm going to share with you some shifts in your mindset that can help relax your nervous system, making flirtation feel more easeful and effortless, as well as some tips from the burlesque stage on how simple body language and facial expression shifts can help set you up for flirtation success. And on that note, if overcoming anxiety, which is such a huge part of flirtation, and we'll talk about that today, if overcoming anxiety in social situations especially is something that you desire in your own life, I highly recommend going to schoolofsensualliving.com slash confidence because there you will find a free video series that I created all about how to use your body language to intercept the stress and anxiety response and help you feel as well as appear more confident in your communications. So we'll touch on that today. But if you really want to go to a deeper level with that, schoolofsensualliving.com slash confidence it is totally free. So where I'd like to begin is with how we define flirtation. Because just like anything that you are seeking to get better at, one of my favorite quotes that is from the Buddha, but that I heard through Tara Brock, is that your whole life arises from the tip of your intention. And so with flirtation, even more important than any technique or research on how to achieve a flirtation, what is your intention when it comes to embodying flirtation? And is there a necessary paradigm shift to make flirtation more pleasurable and more approachable for you? When I wrote the book, Sacred Seduction, which was written under my burlesque persona, Kitty Cavalier. You know, the book is about sensuality and attraction and all sorts of other topics, but ultimately what it's about is a paradigm shift of seduction being less about the manipulation of an outcome and more of a surrender to attraction through authenticity. And that's where we really want to begin today is I want to tell you a little bit about my personal story 
in my journey with flirtation and the paradigm shift of flirtation. So, gosh, almost 15 years ago, 2006, gosh, more than 15 years ago, 2006, I was sitting in class at Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts. I was a student in her mastery program. It was the first ever mastery, womanly arts mastery. And it was a day where we were discussing flirtation. And I spent the entire day sobbing, like just snoopy tears, eyes exploding, because I was in so much terror around flirtation. And there was a moment where Mama Gina said, is there any, we were doing like a practice of flirtation. And she said, is there anyone else who would rather shoot themselves in the foot than get up here and practice flirtation in front of the group? And I promptly turned myself into liquid and (laughs) seeped through the floor cracks and became as invisible as possible because I was just so terrified and I felt so incredibly inept. So after I restored myself to solid form and escaped having to go on stage at Flirtation Day, I was getting on an airplane to go on a work trip. And it was 8.30 at night and I got to the airport and my flight was delayed by three hours. So I was already getting into Pittsburgh quite late. And, you know, to be to have had such a big emotional day and then get to the airport and realize that there was a delay and I had to be up really early the next morning to teach, it was just like, ugh. And I took myself into the bathroom and I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, Mary... You are going to put on lip gloss and you are going to flirt by the time this day is over. And one of the things I really appreciated about the School of Womanly Arts is that the way that flirtation is defined is a woman enjoying herself in the presence of another. And that intention and definition really opened up a lot of possibility for me because I think until that point, I had defined flirtation as getting someone to be attracted to me, which of course is an outcome that we have no control over, or at least very little control over. But enjoying myself in the presence of another opened up new pathways of possibility. So I glossed up and I left the bathroom and I went to a sports bar that was projecting some sort of game. And I sidled myself up to the bar and I ordered a Blue Moon beer. And I looked to my left and there was a gentleman and I struck up a conversation with him, which I had never done in my life. Spontaneously started talking to a stranger, much less um, a man. And we talked for a good 15 minutes. He ended up buying me a beer and then he went on to his flight. And I just cannot even articulate the feeling of elation (laughs) that I felt at my own courage and my own capacity to grow. And then I looked to my right and there were two other gentlemen sitting there and I struck up a conversation with them. And my flight continued to be delayed by two hours, two hours until it was four in the morning. And 
then the flight was canceled, which was just a disaster from a company perspective. And I got into a car and I rode back to my Brooklyn apartment and my husband at the time met me at the door at, you know, five in the morning and was like, I'm so sorry. And I had the look of someone who had just received some sort of accolade. My eyes were bright. I was happy because I had spent the entire evening flirting and flirting in the sense that I was simply enjoying myself by talking to other humans. And it was a revelation. And it opened up all sorts of new explorations and understandings of what it would mean for me to become good at flirting. And so the question I would pose to you for our first gem is knowing that our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions all arise from the tip of intention. What is your intention when it comes to including more flirtation in your life? For me, flirtation feels like organic, playful connection. So I paused recording as the veterinary nurse just came out to my car to deliver Winnie, who's sitting here with us now. And I flirted with her by telling her a story about how one time I got an ice cream sandwich and then I got such a bad stomach ache that I had to go to the hospital. And it ended up being a $10,000 ice cream sandwich by the time I got the ER bill a month later. And we were laughing about, you know, how Winnie had just eaten a $200 raisin. And it was so playful and flirtatious and the cherry blossoms are blooming. So for me, flirtation is all about bringing a springy, warm, playful energy into an organic connection. Flirtation is like supplying oxygen to a flame. It's not forcing or igniting the spark, but it is creating an environment for connection to happen. And so another question to ask yourself around flirtation is, how do I measure whether or not my flirtation has been a success? And for me, it's, did I stay present in myself? Did I have fun? Did I take a risk? Because I don't know that I normally would talk to a veterinary nurse about my $10,000 constipation ice cream sandwich. But since we're sitting here recording a podcast on flirtation, I did, and it felt like a little bit of a vulnerability risk. And I'm sure that's a story in a moment she'll remember as she moves about her day. And so just like everything else, flirtation begins with your intention. The next gem is a mindset for flirtation. A few years ago, I remember going out for a flirtation practice date with a girlfriend. And I was a few years into my flirtation journey, so I felt fairly adept, but she was brand new. And I remember as we sat down and struck up a conversation with some strangers seeing the most beautiful pink bloom of anxiety spread across her chest. Because every experience she had had prior to flirtation or with flirtation had shown her that she was not good at it. Once again, because she was moving from this old paradigm. 
And so a line from the ancient yogic flirtation text, the Bhagavad Gita, says, your business is with the action alone, not its fruit. And when you're flirting with someone or something, sometimes it can feel overwhelming when you're not clear about what your action is. And so when I was at that airport bar, sports bar, I was really clear that in order to be successful, in order to walk out of that bar feeling successful, I had to do two things, open my mouth and make sound. And that was it. (laughs) If I did those two things, if I accomplished those two things, I was a flirtation success. And so if the idea of flirtation feels overwhelming and anxiety producing to you, let's imagine that if flirtation is a plum, your action is the teeny weeny smooth little skin at the very inside of the very pit of the very seed of the plum, making it so small and so simple. Because when anxiety comes along, it's essentially a message from your body saying this isn't safe. And if you have experienced shame or embarrassment or awkwardness around flirtation in the past, your brain is going to help prevent you and protect you from having that experience again by saying you suck at this, don't even try. And a gentle way to start to retrain and redirect your neural pathways to more openness to flirtation is to scale it back a bit and to simply make it a tiny, simple action that you know that you can complete to gently show your brain, oh, look, I actually did that. I actually did open my mouth and make sound and I was completely safe and successful. So maybe next time I can go even a little further. And instead of just asking if someone is sitting on this particular bar stool, I can say, how are you today? Whatever it is, making it small enough to where the mind feels safe for you to take that risk. And then the final gem is around embodying the energy of flirtation. So when I was a burlesque performer, there was a lot of focus on the slow reveal. Some of the most skillful burlesque performers I know can keep you entertained for a whole three minutes while they tease the reveal of a satin glove. Meanwhile, we're all sitting there with our wrists and arms exposed, but there is something so titillating about the slow reveal of the wrist when there is that element of tease. And flirtation is a game of anticipation. It's almost a mindfulness practice where you are once again more focused on the moment and the game than you are the result or who wins or who loses. And again, that's more of an old paradigm kind of way of looking at it of win and lose, but I think you know what I mean. Flirtation is an experience of playful tension and our body language can really shape and impact the way in which our mind works because our thoughts 
aren't simply products of the brain. They're products of the communication between the brain and the nerves in the rest of your body. And so if you are standing right now, or if you're able to stand, I'd like to invite you to do two things. One is to reach up a bit through the crown of your head so that your spine lengthens. And then you're going to place a hand on your right hip and you're just going to, and you're going to just kind of lean into that hip where if your right hand is on your right hip, you're shifting your weight into your right foot. Maybe your left knee bends a little bit so that you create a little more curve and a little less angle in the shape of your body. And now with your lips, I invite you to create a curling smile, which is a smile that's not full teeth. It's not full wattage. It's simply a coy invitation where there's a slight curl, perhaps just at one corner of your mouth. And then tilting your head just a little bit, maybe rolling your shoulders back, opening up the heart. And you can tell just by the sound of my voice that these simple prompts and assuming the shape of reception, receptivity, curvaceousness, coyness, and invitation creates a more naturally flirtatious energy in your entire being. And so this is not so much about pretending you're someone or something you're not with your body shape, but it is more about embodying and inhabiting these natural shapes that lend themselves to flirtation. I think about the way that a rose flirts with the sun and this dance of seduction where its warmth and its light is something that the rose literally couldn't not bend towards or open to if it tried. And so as you move about your day, perhaps taking just one of these cues, like a slight head tilt when you're in conversation, allowing your posture to gently and subtly lengthen and open and soften are all ways, once again, to bring oxygen to the flame of your natural flirtatious potency. And the final thought that I want to share with you is that flirtation at its essence is simply a form of play. And in play, there is no failure. You really can't fail at playing. Playing is just following that thread of fun and openness and curiosity. And so even if you meet roadblocks, That's not a sign that you're doing it wrong. That's a sign that you're doing it and that's a good thing. And to just keep going, keep opening, keep flirting with everything you see. And thank you so much for listening as always. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear from you in a review on iTunes and I will see you in the next episode. For coaching, classes, and community in creating a lifestyle of embodiment, head to schoolofsensualliving.com. 
There you'll find a free video series on how to reduce anxiety and intercept the stress response through powerful, confident body language. Head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash confidence to watch your first video today.